you know, it wasn't until when I, I would tell some people along the way, and sometimes I would tell people and they would freak out, right? Because no one really likes to hear these types of thoughts. People don't really know what to do with them. So they're like, don't think that thought. And then you're like, okay, yeah, 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 cool. I like shouldn't say that thought out loud. So I'll just like suppress that right. further, you know? Hello, hello. Welcome back, High Vibinate fans and newbies alike. We love you all so much, and we have a very special guest today. But before we introduce her, we're trying to get back into the habit of introducing ourselves for people who are new to the show or even people who have been listening for a long time because we talk about ourselves on this show. So I'm Kelsey Aida. Um, I'm a best-selling author like our guest today. Very exciting to have another author on. And I help people to own their power, win at life, love themselves, radically manifest their dream life through the process, all that jazz. And we have Miss Lindsay Robinson, my beautiful co-host here, who is a hypnotherapist extraordinaire. <laughs> Say hello <laughs> to the peeps. <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to pause. Hypnotherapist extraordinaire. Thank you so much. Uh, I help people re rewire their minds, retrain themselves to believe what their desires want them to reflect. They get a choice. And so I help them decide what they want to believe that will help them manifest their dreams, goals, desires, and own their inner wisdom and power. And I don't have a voice today, so I sound like a frog. Hi, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't. It's gone. <laughs> She's tired. It's mom life. Everyone's getting sick in her house. I mean, it happens to the best of us. Things happening over here. Yes. And then our lovely guest, Janelle. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to introduce you. She is a confidence coach, a best-selling author, a speaker, and she helps you to see yourself as the valuable badass that you are in your career and overall life. So please, round of applause. Woo! Welcome, Woo! Janelle. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Lindsay, for having me. I am so pumped to be here. Um, yeah, I I love that we're both best-selling authors. That's so writing a book is no easy thing. You know, like it's a, it's a feat. So yeah. congratulations to you. That's amazing. Yeah. And you too. And it's funny. Cause I was just checking some of my book stats, which I hardly ever do. Cause I always get Same. I know, I always of myself, <laughs> but I was checking yesterday and I was like, Oh my gosh, letters to the universe is like 190,000 on Amazon, which like sounds horrible, right? To like a normal person, like, Oh my God, it's not even in the top 100,000. But when you do the math, there's 33 million books on Amazon. Yeah. So to be even in the top two, 200,000 of books that means you're in the 0.5 percent so let's let, so more than the she top really one percent of books I Come really on. did the math 0.5 percent and I saw your book too is up there girl so we in the top one percent high five wow wait I haven't <laughs> checked mine what's mine yours was I think even higher I was just on it do I still oh have my. it up here I think your book was ranking like 80,000 like it was in the top 100,000 I think Dang, girls wow like I had the no point, point point percent we'll see Killing oh my it. gosh I'm getting I know yes so you're welcome for my Thank mathematical you, skills I did not do this calculation <laughs> by hand I use google but anyway, fun fact for anyone listening, there's a lot of books on Amazon. So even if you see one in the top, whatever, 100,000, it's like amazing. So 
pretty cool. Wow, <laughs> I feel cool. good. I'm gonna go take that fun fact with me. Yes, and tell do you feel confident it. now? I got the yeah, confidence like, coach wait, feeling confident. <laughs> yep. I love teaching confidence. So like everyone who's listening, if I'm all about confidence, everyone knows me as like the confidence queen on TikTok. I do all things confidence. So you can go follow me there. Janelle and A, I feel like that's where like my best, like I'm kind of to be, to be humble, but not humble. Like I'm kind of blown up on TikTok right now. So that's where I feel like it's like my platform. And it's so funny because for so long people, well, I mean, not for so long, but since 2020, I had so many people be like, get on TikTok, get on TikTok. And I was so resistant. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, TikTok is so dumb. It's a dancing platform, you know, like everyone's objections. And I had this, like, I have this cousin who is in college. So I'm like, I'm 30 and she's like, I don't know, maybe 20 or something. She's like a little cousin to me. And in my mind, she's stuck at like 12, you know? And she's like, you know, I think your brand would do so well on TikTok. And I'm like, oh, that's so cute of you. Thank you so much. But like, no, my brand won't do well on TikTok. That's for like dancing people and weirdos. And then slowly but surely I freaking joined. And now I'm like, oh, should have listened to my cousin two years ago when she first started really telling me, but you know, you can't, you can't change the past, but what you can do is you can change right here and right now. And you're never too late. Like, I don't care what platform it is. I don't care if it's TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, like you can create a brand for yourself. You can create a name for yourself. You can go out there and inspire people, empower people and share bits and pieces of your brain because your brain is unique and it's not like anyone else's brain. And so you do have something to share no matter who you are. Um, and it's never too late to get started. So uh, if anyone's listening, like this is your sign to get started because it's not too late on any of the platforms. Yes. There's this, this, this reminds me of a nice quote that I heard when I was getting started with my business. And it was the best time to start was yesterday. The second best time is now. And I'm like, Ooh, that's good. I I kind of never forgot about that. So that's kind of, I, I like that quote a lot. And I love that you are encouraging people, you know, it's never, it's never too late. And I would even say perhaps you got on just the right timing because what if you got on two years ago and then you didn't see as much growth as you're seeing now and you're like, well, this is dumb. So you get off TikTok mm-hmm. and you like throw it in the bin. There you go. Now, it's like perfect. Everything mm-hmm. has aligned for you, which is great. Love that. Great mindset shift, Lindsay. Thanks for Oh, gee, thanks. That. <laughs> We're all about the shifts on High Vibinate here. <laughs> yeah, we are. So yeah. Janelle, tell us, well... I'm going to let Lindsay ask her favorite question. And then I'm just going to plant this question into your head for the cue for the next question of the how piece, because like everyone's like, okay, I want to feel more confident, Mm -hmm. but how? So we'll get there in a second. But first I want to hand the mic off to Lindsay. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm I'm going to use my raspy voice and ask you (laughs) what kind of led you to here. So tell us about your journey. Tell us about your story. Um, and kind of those things that really impacted you to be the confidence coach that you are today. I want to hear it all. Yeah. Well, like many people who do what they do today, it's because of pain from the past that I am able to do what I do today. And so, um, for me, like going all the way back, um, when I was about 13, uh, or 14 years old was when I really started to deal with negative, uh, self-talk, negative self-worth, um, and really just beating myself up a lot. Like, um, I would, every room I went into, I would be like, oh, you don't really belong here. Or, and and what's so interesting about our egos is it's like, when you're insecure, you kind of, uh, oscillate between 
really, really, really confident, actually cocky. And then you go to really, really, really low. So you're kind of going really high, really low, really high, really low. So like in some moments I'm like, I'm so much better than everyone else here. Like I'm like the hottest person in this room. Like I'm so amazing. And then the next minute I'm like, oh, I'm a piece of crap. I don't even want to be on this planet anymore. You know, how can I not be here? And so that was kind of like what my story was, was having like thinking I'm really awesome, hating myself, thinking I'm really awesome, hating myself. And so, you know, what really what comparison is, is like when you're always looking to other people to validate or not validate yourself. So if you think about it, like even today, like an example with a client that I had recently, she would go into fitness classes and she's, she's a pretty fit person. Um, but if her fitness instructor was like super, super, super fit, then she'd be like, Oh gosh, like my body sucks, you know, but then she would look around the room and see like all these other people in the class or whatever, that their body wasn't as good as hers. And they'd be like, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. Like my body's actually really amazing, right? So she is continually looking to external sources to validate or not validate if she likes her body or not, instead of figuring out if she likes it for herself. So I feel like that's what I was always constantly doing was I was looking to everyone else to either validate myself or to not not validate myself. Um, and so, yeah, when when I was 13, we lived in upstate New York. And, um, the other backstory is that I was homeschooled for a while and then I went to public school and then I was homeschooled again and then back to public school. So I definitely like, I think that started some of those thought patterns of like, I would go hang out with homeschool kids and I'd be like, oh my gosh, these nerds are like so weird. Like I don't belong with all the homeschoolers. They're freaking awkward. And like, they don't even know how to have a conversation. And then I go to public school and like, everyone seemed like so posh and cool and put together and had awesome outfits and had like older siblings. And they watched like TV shows that I wasn't allowed to watch. And so they had like cooler outfits and they just seemed like they knew more than I did. So then I'd be like, oh, I don't really like, I'm not really like the cool girls here. And so I kind of like everywhere I went, I looked for ways to confirm that I wasn't like everyone else there. Um, we went to church growing up and I still go to church. I'm a Christian and I would go to church and be like, oh, well, all the girls here are such like goody goodies. And like, they're all so perfect. And I've kind of always been like a pretty, like, um, big personality person. Like I've always just been like, um, I'm like very proud of who I am. And back in the day, I would, I would have considered myself a lot, like thinking that my personality was so big that like, it's too much to handle. And people like everyone, all the other girls are like nice and like sweet and like feminine. And then there's me and I have like three brothers and I'm like, just this like ball of like, and I'm like, I'm more like masculine or I don't know. I just had like all these things, right. Just like constantly beating myself up for all these different things. So um, moving from, we moved from New York to Colorado and I didn't want to go with my family. I told them I wasn't going to move with them and that I was going to live with my best friend. And, um, I was 13 and they were like, haha, that's really cute. Get in the car. We're moving to Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, I moved to Colorado against my will and my eighth grade year, I would introduce myself to everyone in Colorado. I'd say, I'm Janelle from New York. I'm Janelle from New York. I'm Janelle from New York. Like I wanted everyone to know that I was from New York and not from Colorado. Cause I thought Colorado was like for cow people only. And that New York was like, <laughs> where the best people lived and all this stuff. And so I think it was really around that time, like having that transition and teenage hormones and just a lot of different things like that accumulated. I think that just all brought it to the head. Um, and that's when I really started to think about disappearing. And that's when I really started to think like, well, what if I just like, wasn't here anymore? Like if I went missing, then maybe everyone would notice me or remember me. And I would kind of think about like Tom Sawyer and how he like faked his own funeral. And then he watched everyone like really sad about him. Like I would kind of start to have those types of visualizations where I would visualize myself 
like at first it was just like disappearing and then people would be like missing me and I would picture like the popular girls at school being like Janelle is so awesome we really miss her and the whole school talking about me because I disappeared and then like my parents being like oh like we just wish we weren't so strict with Janelle like we should have let her you know watch those PG-13 movies <laughs> um but like I just like wanted everyone to basically like hey you know like for for what they were doing to me and you know, I can look back now with so much, um, empathy for, for that young 13, 14, 15 year old girl. Um, at the same time, I know that like, I didn't have the tools, but I know now, like I had a victim mindset, like it was like the ultimate of a victim mindset because I was really like, felt like, um, I didn't have power that I was powerless and that like, um, you know, I focused on everything that was wrong instead of everything that was right. Because the truth is that my parents loved me very much. I had like my parents, you know, married great, like pretty good marriage at that, you know, at that time, you know, and, and their marriage has actually gotten much, much better because my mom went and became a therapist. And so their marriage has actually like grown exponentially, but like, and not to say that your childhood isn't great with, with, or without parents together or whatever, right. but you know, if you're like, I hear people who are like, they had divorce or they had, you know, emotional or physical, you know, uh, toxic things happening to them. Right. I didn't have any of that kind of stuff, you know? So it's like, but I was creating this reality of like, I'm not loved. I was creating the reality of I don't belong. I'm not enough. I'm too much. And because I was creating that as my reality, it was manifesting more and more and more as we all know, right? Your beliefs lead to your thoughts, your thoughts lead to your actions, your actions lead to your results. And so, um, yeah, really to like, I guess, lay on the plane of the story is that um, around, I think it was about 14 or 15, it's hard for me to know exactly when this all happened because it was so subconscious. But that's when I started to believe that, like, well, I started to think about taking my own life. And because I was thinking about taking my own life, I was thinking about, okay, well, how would I take my life if I were to take it? And then I started to think, okay, I don't want to actually take my life. What if there was like a natural way I could die? And that way, no one could be mad at me when I die. And it was like this way of escaping from this world and wanting to be somewhere else. And so I would picture myself dying in a car accident and I would picture my funeral after the car accident. I would picture everyone crying and everyone missing me. And it was a way for me to feel loved by picturing that the car accident was the way that I would actually get loved. And it was so morbid and twisted on so many levels because like I would picture like all these people coming to my funeral, but like their life being like almost like my funeral being like a Tony Robbins seminar or something where like people would come to know Jesus because of my funeral. Like it's just so many levels of twisted that like my funeral would be the way that I would change lives, you know, like as if my actual life couldn't do that. You know, like it was like my death had to do that. Um, that was some Joan of Arc, you know, like being a martyr or something like that. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like, I believe that in my subconscious mind, um, from about the age of 14, 15, all the way to 22. So it was about eight years that I believed I was going to die in a car accident. I believed it was going to happen sometime in my mid twenties. And, um, you know, it wasn't until when I, I would tell some people along the way, and sometimes I would tell people and they would freak out. Right. Cause no one really likes to hear these types of thoughts. People don't really know what to do with them. So they're like, don't think that thought. And then you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah cool. I like, shouldn't say that thought out loud. So I'll just like suppress that right. further, you know? Um, and then sometimes like the worst part was that some people would confirm it. Like, I remember, I think I was like drinking in college and told one of my friends and she was like, Oh my gosh, we had a friend, um, growing up that used to think that. And then he did die young and kind of like going back to like our thoughts, creating our reality is that 
I've shared this now on so many podcasts and speaking engagements. And like, there's been times like I was one time actually on a podcast similar to this, where there was numerous like hosts and co-hosts. There's three women total and me. So there's four of us. One of them started crying because her dad actually believed he was going to die young and he did. So she was like losing it on the podcast. Then the other one, one of the other gals, and these are personal development podcasts, you know, the other one had the belief that she was going to die young in a, in a car accident or of cancer. And she had been believing that and had never told anyone in her entire life. Again, she's literally what Lindsay. (laughs) Nobody knows this, but I don't think you're as weird as you think you are because from the age of 10 to 21, I was convinced that I was going to die at 21. So much so that, oh God, thank God I didn't. I would pray to God every night please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. It's Mm -hmm. heartbreaking, especially as a kid. But like, I found myself as a teenager and like almost waiting around. Did you find that you were just like, well, I'm gonna be out soon anyway. So I'm just gonna phone it in until then. And it's so girl, (laughs) sisters. Okay. First (laughs) of all, but you know, I obviously don't think that anymore, but for a long time, it was, it was like always in the back of my mind, like playing and playing. And I don't know really why. Um, I mean, I do a little bit, but I think most of it had to do with the fact that it just seemed, it seemed like it was the thing that was going to happen. It just seemed like that's what was going to happen. I can't explain it. It was just like, yep. well, that's what's going to happen. It yep. just seems right. It seems normal. It seems fine. Like that is how my life's going to play out. And Did you have fear like getting close to your 21st birthday? Um... Yeah. I mean, I kind of distracted. That might've been a driving force for me moving to California. I was 20 years old and I was very distracted on my 21st birthday. I was in a new city and all those things, you know, maybe, maybe that was a way for me to kind of deflect a little bit, but yeah, I was, I was a little bit nervous, but then it passed and I was like, okay, maybe it's 22 then. And I kind of did that for a few months after I turned 21. And then I was like, okay, well, whatever. (laughs) I'm fine. So many times and little things would happen like six months into moving to LA, actually towards my 21st birthday, I was convinced, I was convinced that I was going to die soon. There were so many signs, you know, heavy quotes, so many signs telling me like, Oh, you're going to die. And I called my mom and I was all crying and I couldn't explain it. I was having like a, probably like a breakdown at, at 20, 21 years old and nobody could figure out what was wrong, what was going on with me. And then it just left. And I think Um, for me, that was me kind of letting it go hmm. and just being like, like actually processing what was happening because I didn't know. And I, and, you know, without really knowing, I think that that might be what happened is I just kind of gave it permission to process through my body. I felt it, it was horrible. (laughs) And then, Hmm. and then I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not going to, I guess that's not going to happen you know, but there's still that underlying fear of like, well, when is something going to go wrong? I don't know if you have that too, of like maybe in the back of your, like, when's the shoe going to drop? It can't be this good kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but I think that's the leftovers that I have, but no, I don't think that you're as different as you think, because this has Uh. happened to you on other podcasts too. And it's happening right now. I don't even think I told Kelsey that, did I tell you this Kelsey? Have you ever, no, I don't really, I don't really talk about, I think I told one therapist like a long time ago, but I never, I don't, that's I don't tell people like you were like telling people. Yeah, that's not, I did not tell anyone. 
<laughs> because it's yeah, really- and I think for me is because it was such a stronghold in my life and it really did block me from having results because I kept waiting yeah. around till that day. And so I was like, yeah. I hate running on a wheel and I kept being like, well, what's like, I had a long-term boyfriend and I literally got to a point, like we were together for six years and I would be like, well, I don't really want to break up with him. Cause that would be really hard. And like, we love each other, but I don't think he's my person, but like, he'll find out when I die. Oh no. How we break up. Like literally I would use it as like a cloud for any decisions in my like big decisions in my life. But to your point, I didn't talk to it. It's like, I was a big journaler all these years. I never, ever touched it. I never talked about Mm -hmm. it a single time in my journal. I went to therapy. I didn't talk about it in therapy. Like it was so, so subconscious. And I think so filled with shame and weirdness because it was something that I never heard anyone else talk about. And again, like I've now I share, I've shared on TikTok. I share on Instagram. I get DMs from some of the craziest people that you would never guess based on their brand, they're building on social media and stuff that they're wrestling with these thoughts. And again, it's just so it's very subconscious. So I don't think that it's like, it doesn't always debilitate everyone, maybe to the extent that it debilitated me. Um, and there were times where it didn't, that's the thing is I was like the happiest person on the outside, looked like I had it all together. So charismatic, like no one knew this was happening. And that's why I wanted, that's why I love talking about it so openly. Cause it's like, well, someone listening probably has a similar thought pattern. And if we don't talk about it, then she's probably never going to break free from it. And then even if you don't have that same thought pattern, which obviously I hope that, I hope that no one does, I don't wish these thoughts on anyone, but we all do have crazy thoughts. We all have weird thoughts. We all have debilitating thoughts that are holding us captive. And I think the shamier ones and the ones that are the least talked about are the ones we most need to face head on, because if we don't, then we're never going to have full healing. And for a lot of people, they're going to get stuck on that hamster wheel, making excuses. And they won't understand that that's the root of their self-sabotage. Like your limiting beliefs are the root of your self-sabotage. And if your limiting belief is like, my life doesn't really matter that much. Like that's a manifestation of like, mine was like a, the, the worser version of that thought, right? Like I deserve to die basically, but other people just have a lighter version, which is like, what well, doesn't really matter what I do that much. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And think about how that manifests in your life if that's your if that's your thought pattern all the time. If you're a fan of it, sushi is incredible, but gas station sushi, not so much. Finding the right sushi makes all the difference. And the same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in good hands, you're supported, and that you're heard. Even if you're just telling them about your favorite sushi place. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. On ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else. ZocDoc has you covered. ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with just a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments. Now, when you walk into that doctor's office, you're already set to meet someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that's right for you, and book an appointment, in person or remotely, that works for your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash V-I-B-I-N and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash V-I-B-I-N. Hey, Lindsay here. Have you seen what's new inside my Align Your Mind membership? 
Members already get instant access to my best hypnotherapy audios, mindset hacks, manifesting methods, and more on demand right at their fingertips. But now when you join AYM, you'll also get a major VIP level upgrade with my brand new goal-focused hypnotherapy toolkits. These toolkits inside AYM are carefully curated hypnotherapy bundles designed with your specific goals in mind. Whether you desire to call in more money consistently, get out of the mindset rut that you're in, renew your passion and confidence, manifest with more ease and power, cultivate more self-love and inner knowing, or finally release the burdens from your past and heal, once your subconscious mind is on board with your goal, it's a done deal, and that's what my toolkits are designed to do for you. So if you're ready to rewire your mind, release what's holding you back, and manifest your desires with ease, the AYM membership is where it's at. Just hit the link in the episode description and start embodying your highest potential. Real quick, after this episode, I posted a reel right before we started recording. And I yeah. want you to go look at the reel and read the okay. caption okay. right after we record. It I I I swear I'm a psychic because I <laughs> exactly everything that we're talking about Whoa. to the extent of like feel your feelings. What message is it sending to the universe? I swear, what message is it sending to the universe if you can't sit and honor your own emotional state and and know that you're worth doing that? Yeah. What do you think that's saying about what you're trying to create in your life? So it's so funny. That so cool. That. Okay. I can't wait to check Perfect it out. Perfect timing. See? Perfect timing. I love that. <laughs> well, and Janelle, I think the part that everyone, most people can relate to, maybe it's not the whole death aspect of it, but it's just feeling not valuable, mm -hmm. right? On a bit, if we're just going to make it broader, where everyone has felt this at some point or another, probably who's listening to this, like, it's normal to feel like you're not valued, like you're not valuable, like you don't matter, like how you were saying, like what you're doing doesn't matter, like what difference is it going to make? We're all going to die anyway. There is literally a song on the top charts going around right now. And mm -hmm. it was playing in the salon the other day when I was doing hair. And I was like, what a terrible song. And it was like, the message was supposed to be good of like, oh, who cares? We're all going to die anyway. But the words were like, oh my God, I have to find this song and post it in the Patreon. There's a it lot of like, music like that. There's it a was lot like blowing my mind. So, and so like, it was kind of like, be free to be who you are because in the end, we're all going to die. So you was can't the care about like, oh, I don't yeah. care because I'm just going to die anyway. And I was like, uh, I care. Like, I think the words were like, who cares? We're all going to die anyway. And in my head, I was like, oh, uh, I fucking care because I'm wow. not dead yet. Like, I'm here. Yeah. We're all here. And I just think, well, I understand it because I've been yeah. suicidal. But at the same time, like now in this new space where I am, it makes me so sad to think that people are still stuck in that space. So I'm glad that we're having this conversation because it's like just because you're here temporarily which is a fact of life doesn't mean it doesn't matter and I hate too when people in the spiritual field are like oh it's all a hologram nothing's really real so by that logic like it doesn't actually matter and it's like mm. okay um you're still a human having a human experience that is very real right <laughs> so whether or not if it's a game or a hologram like it fucking matters yeah. Like, what do you think you we're know? here for? Do you think we're here because it doesn't matter? Like, that's sad. Do you think right. you travel so through time and space to like inhabit this body and this 3D world full of other people doing the same thing for no reason? That's right. just so sad and right. depressing. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I'm glad we're talking about that. that. Yeah, if you have that outlook, then it's like, where's your purpose lie? Where does your identity lie if you are feeling like you're just a hologram? And it's none of it's real, you know, mm -hmm. and 
for me, like the way that I was able to break free from that lie was I had some mentors that were through my church, actually, they're my Bible study leaders. And I had, again, never was sharing this with anyone, but it just came out one night and I told them. And what was so cool is that the husband, Kevin, he had actually believed a similar thought about Mm -hmm. the car accident. And he was like, do you think you're going to, you know, do you picture your funeral? Do you picture all the nice things people say? Do you picture being packed? Do you picture all these like things? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, 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 yes. And I had never felt like so seen and so like known. And then I remember him saying, your creator doesn't make mistakes. You're here for a reason. And, you know, we think about how the odds of us being born, right? Like there's such there's some number and I should probably have it memorized and I've seen it so many places, but it's like one in a billion chances of like our, our self, like the, the sperm and the egg coming together and this, this child being born, you know? And so it's like, how can we not, how can we go through life believing that there's no purpose or that there was no creator that created us with purpose. And so for me, that was the night that changed everything. And Mm -hmm. like, um, they prayed a deliverance prayer over me, which for me was like so powerful. And I talk about that in my book. Like, I don't, I know a lot of people probably don't believe what I believe. That's totally fine. Luckily we have like free speech. We can all talk about what we believe in, you know, for me, it was like that deliverance prayer, like broke chains off of me and broke things off of me that I like, I, that were like a spiritual attack that it literally, it's hard to even describe because it was so night and day. Like I literally left that evening and, and Lindsay, you kind of touched on this. Like, I don't know if you struggle with, with, um, like kind of like those types of thoughts of like worst case scenarios, but honestly, I don't like, yeah. I feel like I had such full deliverance from those thought patterns that like, I really feel freedom. Like I feel true freedom from those thoughts. And like, you know, every so often, like for a split moment, I'll hear the thought, like, it'll be easier if you're dead. And I just know that's darkness. And I'm like, nope, cancel. That's not, nope. That's not from my creator. I'm created for life. I'm created for purpose. I'm making an impact in this world's I love that you say cancel because before we hit record, I said something about me looking like a bridge troll today in a, in a nice, I love myself and I'm awesome. So when I say it's like, I'm very jokey like that. And she's like, um, cancel. We don't want to say that. And I actually say that all the time. Every time, like if I'm talking about negative self-talk or if I'm teaching about like how to rewire those thoughts of just negativity that are so insidious that you don't even know they're happening. I'm, t- you know, I'm talking about that and I have to give an example and I can't even like pretend to say the things that I hear people say about themselves. Like I'm so mm, whatever, but if I do force myself to say it, I immediately have to say, cancel, cancel, cancel. I have to say it three times yes. and have to, shout it to the universe because it's not, I'm not allowing it in. It's purely as an example to give you an idea of how to do this, but it hurts. It, it hurts me to, to even pretend. And, you know, side note, that's what I hope for everybody. I want it to hurt so that you don't do it anymore because you're not supposed to feel pain when talking about yourself. It's not supposed mm-hmm. to be painful. It's supposed to feel good. Okay. And your words have good. so much power, you know, like so we don't power. realize how powerful our words are, but I think that even like the jo- jokes of like, Oh, I want to kill that. I want to kill you. Or like, Oh, I wish I was dead or kill me now. Like yeah. even those little jokes, like I know they're jokes, but it's like, I just think that the, we have such power in our tongues and we gotta, we we gotta be really intentional about how we're speaking over ourselves and speaking over the people in our life, speaking over children, speaking over marriages, speaking over, you know, whatever you're saying about other or family members or coworkers, colleagues, whatever, like our tongues are so powerful and we can either use them for life or for death, you know? And so it's like, I want to speak life into things and speak life into people around me. I don't want to be bringing them down with like, things that I'm saying, you know, it's actually true. You are the most suggestible to your own voice. That is just a scientific fact. So you ever wonder how powerful your own thoughts and voice are to yourself? 
it is the most powerful thing in the universe. So be mm-hmm. nice to yourself. Be nice Let's to go. yourself. Let's and go. Speaking of science, to go back to the number that you were alluding to before, the magical number of the chances mm-hmm. of you being you, I mean, we can safely assume that it's at least one in 8 billion people, right? Yeah. If there's 8 billion, it's probably more crazy, odd numbers than that. But it's safe to assume that if there's only one of everybody, and we're all here on this planet, it's at least one in 8 billion probably smaller chances of you being you. And so yeah. you probably cannot count that high to that number. And to get so really just let geeky, it blow your mind. <laughs> yeah, let it blow your mind. And to get really geeky, uh, close listeners of our podcast will know that I'm super into ancestry and genealogy. And I haven't even had to go that far back in my family tree to see how many times an ancestor could or should have probably died. Okay. Wow. So the fact that you're able to listen to oh, this. True. Everyone had to be in the exact right place at the exact right time in order for you to even sit here. So, and that's just one factor. I mean, think of all yes. the other factors that we can't even fathom or speculate that had to happen and line up perfectly. This could be a whole episode <laughs> in order for you to be you and you to exist. Like, clearly, yeah. God, the universe, life force the wanted divine. you, you on a soul level, like, clearly, everything mm-hmm. wanted you to exist. Right. So hmm. why don't you want yourself to exist? I mean, okay. I understand because I've been suicidal and it's like you feel so miserable and you just assume that it's going to last forever. And like nobody wants to feel like that forever. So then you think the only way out is out because <laughs> I don't know yeah. a way to feel better. So it's either like feel better or get out. So I definitely understand and have a lot of compassion. But I think we're just here to give you the tough love of like, <laughs> how can you not see that like inviting you so many see. things had to happen yeah. for you to be here and to exist and to take up space and to have a right in doing that inviting mm-hmm. you to see the unignorable fact that you are a magnificent child of the universe so go be badass okay you're do <laughs> wasting time so <laughs> to give people more confidence because we can like preach yeah. all day but like right. if they don't believe it it's not going to sink into the nervous system right so what were some of the steps after the deliverance that you took either consciously or subconsciously to start building your confidence, like what were some of the practices or the shifts or the mindset um, tweaking that took you from I'm not valuable to I'm here for a reason. I do have value to add to the world. I am worthy of being here. Like tell us a little bit more about what that was like. Yeah. Well, I guess like just thinking about valuable tools that I've utilized that like, cause I, I feel like when people listen, I think it feels good to be like, I'm valuable. I am a badass. And they can like, listen to the three of us saying that. Yeah. Um, and there might be like a, a momentary, uh, pump up or motivation that happens. Um, but then as soon as the podcast is done and you're like back into your regular life, a lot of times it can be really easy to just get back into your previous thought patterns. And so, um, you know, the first thing I always encourage people to do is to sit with those limiting beliefs first and foremost, and really uncover as many as possible. And so I have a free workbook, um, that we can, you know, give the the link below. Um, but the free workbook actually walks you through, um, how to think about these limiting beliefs. And, and again, it's, I mean, that's what my entire book is about. Each chapter of my book is a different limiting belief and like where the childhood trauma came from and then how that formed my brain and then how to overcome it. Um, but sitting with it and facing it and putting it pen to paper, because a lot of times what's happening is that our thoughts are floating around in our mind and we're not taking 
them captive. We're not tangibly touching them. We're kind of just like letting them float. And therefore it's hard to even describe it. You're just like, they're floating. But if you put them on paper and you look at them, they lose its power. It loses its power in a way that's hard to even put into words. So go get the workbook work through your limiting beliefs, start to pay attention to what are the thought patterns that you're having throughout your day that are self-limiting. Or even one thing that's great is that you can get the workbook, get started on it. And maybe sitting in a vacuum, you might not notice it, even though I give a bunch of different examples in it. But then as you go out your, throughout your day for the next few days, start to think like, what are the things that I'm saying over myself that I wouldn't say to a friend or that I wouldn't say to my child um, and start to capture those and then write them down. Okay. So write down the limiting belief and then you're finding the truth. This is an interesting part because sometimes truths can be the exact opposite and it's just about creating a new neural pathway. So if you've been telling yourself that you're stupid or that you're not that smart or you're not smart enough yet, which a lot of my clients wrestle with those ones, you know, the, the truth really is that you're smart and everyone is born smart. We all have different strengths and talents. And so for that one, it's just literally starting to repeat that as your affirmation. Um, and it's a placebo pill for your brain. When you start to do affirmations, you're placeboing yourself into believing it and you're creating a new neural pathway that didn't exist prior. But sometimes your limiting belief cannot just be the immediate, like the exact opposite, because there might be some truth to your limiting belief. So, um, for example, I was speaking for, I believe this is when I was speaking for like Pinterest or, or Cisco or something like that. I speak for a lot of tech companies. A woman said, okay, so on my team, um, I have only two years experience and everyone else on my team has 12 years of experience. So my limiting belief is that I don't have as much, as much experience as my other colleagues. And she goes, but that's the truth. Cause I literally only have two years experience. They literally have, you know, 12 plus. So I'm 10 years behind them. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that's true. It's true. But the limiting belief is that, you know, that you're not as valuable as your other colleagues because of your lack of experience or your limiting belief is that, uh, maybe you don't deserve a raise like them or whatever. Like we kind of, we got into what is the true limiting belief around that. And then again, the truth can't just be, I have 12 years experience. Cause you're like, no, I literally have two years. Um, but what you can do there is you can leverage your strengths. So, um, in that scenario, you would say, um, while I don't have as many years experience as my colleagues in this area, what I do bring to the table is, um, and then listing off some of your strengths. That's why I love the, the test strength finders. Cause it helps you, uh, actually be able to say your strengths. So like for me, um, act, I'm an activator. So like the strength I bring to the table is activation. I get, I get stuff done, uh, communication. I'm a really solid communicator, um, futuristic. I'm great at looking at the future and, um, navigating. I'm strategic. That's one of my other strengths, um, from strength finder. So for, for this example, what I would encourage a listener to do when you're working through your limiting beliefs and your truths, start to look, uh, for your strengths, whether that be the personality, like personality tests, like strength finders, very, very helpful. Um, or maybe you just revisit positive feedback from a boss, revisit positive feedback that uh, a spouse has given you, a friend has given you, like maybe you're a great listener, maybe you're a great communicator. What are the things that make you really special and start to tie that into your truth and leverage that instead of trying to leverage the amount of years that you worked at your position as the thing that makes you awesome. And then you would, again, you just like the first example, you would repeat that over and over and over again, so that that becomes your new thought pattern. You're rewiring your thoughts so that you're seeing those strengths. And so anytime you're at work and you have that moment where you're thinking, oh my gosh, I sounded so dumb. It's obviously because I don't have as much experience as everyone on my team and I'm not as smart as all of them, or they just know so much more. Then in that moment, you're like, cancel. 
back to the cancel thing, cancel. And then you're like, I'm an amazing communicator. I'm an asset to this team. My activator and my strategic adds this and this and this to my team. And just have that in your back pocket as um, a tool where you're constantly pulling it out. Um, because I believe in doing affirmations, which means I'm all about standing in front of the mirror. Like we talked about out loud, it needs to be out loud looking into your eyes while you're saying your affirmations over yourself and doing that every single day to create the new thought pattern. Then when you're in work and you're hearing that other thought happen, cause it's going to happen just in a split second, just boom, right. You're going to have this moment in a meeting or a moment where you just feel that feeling or think that thought, but because you've done that so many times, you now are, you're able to really, it like comes to your mind really quickly. You, you catch that thought mid thought. And then you're like, wait, 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 this is what I've been doing my affirmations for. <laughs> like, it's like, I've been practicing my whole yeah. life for this moment. And then you're able to speak your new truth over you. So that really is one of my, like, that takes a daily, mm-hmm. daily transformation, daily, you know, it takes some focus, right? It doesn't happen just accidentally. And that's why my book is called flex your confidence muscle because confidence is a muscle. And so it takes time, just like you wouldn't be able to build a muscle overnight at the gym. I don't believe that you just change your thought patterns right. instantly. Like it takes some intentionality. And if you actually want to change your thought patterns, if you actually want to start showing up with confidence, if you actually want to change your negative self-talk, if you want more peace in your life, if you want more confidence in your life, then you actually need to take the time to, to again, journal through the limiting beliefs that are there find the truths. And if you need help with this, like you can DM me on Instagram, you can, um, you can reach out to me, I guess. Yeah. Instagram is probably the best way. Like TikTok messages don't really, no one really does that. So just DM me on Instagram and be like, Hey, not I'm yet. Like, working. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. I think they have messaging. Cause I think I've done it before, but it's just, no one really does it. I don't Nobody know. Really, it's not very active. No. Yeah. <laughs> which is fine. Like I respond to all my comments and TikTok to you, but you can just reach out to me however is best TikTok or Instagram and just explain like, Hey, I found this limiting belief. It's I think what's blocking me, but I'm having a really hard time figuring out how to leverage the truth because mm-hmm. it feels like your limiting belief probably feels like the truth, you know, yeah. it probably does feel like the truth right now, but you know, we're all here to help you figure out that new thought pattern that you need to start repeating. Cause you don't want to repeat something that you're not like super pumped on repeating, you know, you're like, is that mm-hmm. weak language? Is that powerful language? You don't want to, you want to repeat something that's really powerful every single day. You know, sorry, go ahead, Kels, go ahead. <laughs> you just need a flag. I was going <laughs> to raise your hand, raise your hand to speak. Um, I was going to say, and the repetition part is so key because what you're doing is making that statement and that truth familiar, right? Because the limiting yeah. belief is so familiar yeah. that it feels true, Right familiarity is always going to have like a, a higher importance in your mind and feel more true and more relevant. But just because it's more familiar, it doesn't mean it's actually more true, right? No. Beliefs are not truths. So that's where you can get choosy, choose a new belief, right? A new affirmation. And then you repeat it until it becomes so familiar that mm-hmm. yes, when you go into that moment of triggered, <laughs> you have it right in your back pocket, like you said. And I think it's really important that you pointed out that it's a practice. It's something you repeat. It's a routine. It's not going to happen overnight. So I love the muscle analogy because it's so perfect for that. I explain it this way. So if you imagine yourself in like some sort of meadow, this is what I do, some sort of meadow with tall grass and you see this like well-beaten path that leads to a forest of darkness. (laughs) But it's so well beat like you have walked it so many times that you your instinct is to automatically don't go down it again but then 
to the left or wherever you're looking, you see like a sunrise and birds are singing and there's butterflies and there's all, there's a rainbow, there's freaking fairies flying around, whatever, but there's no path. It's your job to make the path. Here's the thing that I want to say about the process. Yes, it's a process. Yes, it's a practice, but we do hard shit every day for the idea of a payoff. Why can't you do this? That feels actually good, right? It feels good when you're doing it. The only mm -hmm. trouble is it's so unfamiliar that it's like re we're resistant to it because it's like, oh, is it really going to work? Is it going to pay? Yeah, it's going to work. It's going to pay off. It's going to be better than you ever imagined. You just have to walk where the butterflies are. I know I'm saying really weird stuff, but whatever. You just have to keep walking it. That's how new neuropathways are created. Uh, how did I, one of my instructors explained it like when two neurons kiss, that's a, <laughs> that's a neuropathway. Yeah. And what we're doing is creating new, new kissy moments for your neurons, for your brain pathways. And you have to walk that path. So if you want, if you like that visualization, a lot of people do. I like that visualization of like, this is an old, dusty, dirty, stale path. It smells, there's garbage and old banana peels there. I don't want that anymore. But the whole thing that we're doing, Kelsey, Janelle, and I as coaches and as facilitators is helping you take that moment where it is now a fork in the road instead of an automatic going down the stinky path. We are creating the fork in the road, helping you to create that so that you can take that moment and pause and decide a better feeling thought because yes, it will pay off and yes, it will be good. Welcome to your holiday book giving guide. Who doesn't want to receive a cute little book that's going to change their life? Let's spread some manifesting magic and empowerment this holiday season by giving your friends and family the gifts of inspiration, manifestation, and all things awesome. For anyone new to the world of manifestation who wants to create more wealth, health, love, purpose, etc., My Pocket Guide to Manifestation is the book to give them as it has a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of fun visualization, intention-setting practices of all different forms. For the journalers out there who want to script their dreams into existence, Letters to the Universe is the way to go. That's the manifesting journal where I share my special scripting process that works every time. And for anyone who could use a little more sunshine in their life, Affirmations for Happiness will help them to have a happy 2023. And this book is the biggest hit so far with all five-star reviews on Amazon. You can find all these books and more at KelseyAida.com or simply search for Kelsey Aida at any major book retailer, in-store or online. Happy gifting. Don't forget to give one to yourself. I'm laughing because I literally <laughs> almost gave that exact example of the pathway. No, you did I not. I always give that example. So that's why I laughed out loud when he started because I was about to say it. I'm like, of course. I mean, it's perfect. Sentences. It's totally cool. You know, we always say like, uh, take the path less, less walked or the path less, less traveled. Thank you. The road yeah. less traveled. There's a reason, you know, mm. um, in this example, the, the reason is you probably are going to feel better, <laughs> a lot better all the time, you know? And I think it like everyone who's listening right now, it's so easy to listen to this information and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. You know, but first of all, if you don't sit down and actually do the exercise, then you're probably not going to have the mindset shift just because we're talking about it. Like you might experience some freedom, but the ultimate freedom is only going to happen when you sit down in silence with yourself 
and actually dig into your own thoughts. Yep. And what yep. I find a lot in the personal development world is that people love to listen to podcasts. They love to do, you know, and I'm all for all these things about looking at on Instagram and TikTok and taking courses and you're just constantly consuming the information or reading books, but you're never actually doing the journaling or the action steps that are necessary in order for you to have your breakthrough. So I would just challenge every listener right now, like do not just listen to this podcast and then be like, that was fun On to the next podcast, because you're just becoming a personal development junkie. That's just constantly listening to podcasts, but Great. you need to sit with your own brain. Like we were, yeah, we're quote unquote gurus, whatever you're a guru, like you're your own guru. And so it makes me so annoyed when people just like constantly listen to podcasts and like go to personal development conferences yeah, yeah. and they're just doing all the, they're just do, 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 do. It's like, you're still numbing with your busyness. You're yes. still doing more, 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 more. And you wonder why you're not having true breakthrough. It's because you're not, you think you're doing the work because you're listening and consuming everything, but you're not sitting in silence, slowing down and actually getting real with yourself. So mm -hmm. if you don't have the results you want in any area of your life, be that your relationships, your money, your finances, your career, uh, your health, whatever it is, if you don't have the result you're looking for, it's because there's a thought pattern that's blocking you. And you can't just listening, listen to podcasts and read books all the time and think that that's going to heal the thought pattern in and of itself. You need to sit with you. You yeah. need to get alone with yourself. Journal. I like, I couldn't believe in journaling anymore. I think journaling is like, it's, it's there. I can tell you why it works if you want me to. Yeah. Tell us. I actually, I actually, I actually know this answer. Please. So handwriting, the, the, the act of writing it down is a direct link to your subconscious mind. It is the mm -hmm. thing, one of the things that we can do without re-remembering how to do it. You think a thought, it shows up on a paper. It is an automatic behavior. And so if your intention mm -hmm. is to release, get out, take all the jumbles in your brain and put it on, put it somewhere you can see it all. The intention is to release. It is releasing as it's coming out onto the paper. If your intention is to integrate or to put in or to, you know, create a new neural pathway, writing it down is super powerful. It's all about intention as we well know, but handwriting is a very potent way to do that because it is, it lives in your subconscious. So it is a direct communication with that, with that part of your being. So in so case cool. anybody doesn't know I that. I love that description. Yeah. Yeah. Total sense. That's why I, I love it. Yeah. That's why it works. Yes, that's exactly right. That's why it works. That's why people love it. That's why that's why it's one of the major things to do when you're trying to manifest or or process is because it freaking works, man. <laughs> <laughs> so Janelle, the time is flying. First of all, this is like crazy. I'm like, oh, I know. It's called <laughs> so crazy. Um, but I would love, and I'm sure the listeners would love. <laughs> Just got sad and distracted because there's a little money tree on my on my um desk here and it has one lonely leaf and I'm hoping it doesn't fall off because all the other ones have been falling off it's like the Charlie so Brown Christmas I'm like, okay, I'm of money tree. I'm gonna wrap up the show no. and I look at it and it's just like one little leaf <laughs> wait what is a money tree I don't even know what a money tree that's is that's what it's called I don't, I don't think I'll that's the you. scientific I get name I'll send you a picture of my little leaf I have an amazing one in my bedroom but this one is like a little bit sad I thought it was like literally a tree of like something that you clip a bunch of money to so you can like manifest money and just like look at money because I love putting like money everywhere oh that's what it looks like okay yeah yeah, yeah it looks like a little like, like and it is a money manifesting tree like if you go into a lot oh. of Asian businesses that are very feng shui you might see a money tree yeah. in the entrance things like that 
that. It can also be a good tree for creating. Wait, but what does it mean if it's dying? Home. I think that can't oh, be good. Probably <laughs> not something great, but it's like, it's funny because is it's- that, it's Is in, that the right one, Kels? Is that it's what It's having have? a rebirth moment. It's having a rebirth. Dying. It's there having a rebirth. Okay, we're rebirthing this, but I'm sorry to get distracted. I just looked up and I was like, man, I really hope I'm not I was thinking the same thing because my leaves are like getting brown and they're they're not happy and I don't know how to fix it. And I'm like, no. Well, I have to brag on myself for a second. This orchid behind me is literally 12 weeks old and I've kept the blooms on for 12 weeks. I've never done that in my life. Beautiful. I have an orchid that's reblooming. I'm very excited about it. That is exciting. I know. I've never kept the blooms on for 12. I Googled it. It says these blooms are only supposed to stay on for like six to 10 weeks, but your girl has kept these blooms alive. Apparently you're not supposed to do ice cubes is what I learned. Like everyone says do ice cubes. That's like if you think about they're from like the tropical world, yeah. I don't know. Like there's no ice cubes in that. I've you heard just... of that, but I've never tried it because it, it seemed like, I don't want to freeze the roots. I don't want to, yeah. like, I don't want to freeze or burn them. It's fine. Yeah. So if anyone's listening and you have an orchid, don't put, don't put ice on it. Ice just cubes. all you do is just take it out and let the water trickle all the way through. And then you can put it back. You know what I mean? Like when you say take it yeah. out, it's like yeah. the, the inner vase out of the outer vase thingy I don't know I'm not yeah I'm not plant scientist here but I just kept some, an orchid alive for some confidence weeks. building with a little sprinkle of plant talk oh, you know okay. that's high vibing it for you and, and, but skincare because I love talking about skincare too so and yes, it's Kelsey's and fault because she brought it up which okay let's talk about skincare on the Patreon because I actually have yeah. to tell you guys about my new skincare I'm not wearing any makeup at all your skin looks perfect just and to say that girl. just to say that I am accredited in speaking to skincare let's Oh, okay. I can't wait. <laughs> but to talk before about we it. go to the Patreon, um, I would love for you to maybe just leave the listeners with one final thought, like whatever's on your heart, whatever, fe- like you feel is like God's message to the people today. No pressure. And then also, if you can like, <laughs> just tell everyone where they can find out more about you. I'm going to link to your free workbook in the show notes so people can find you there. I'll link to your Instagram and TikTok and stuff too, but just give us, give us the goods. Yeah. I think the last thing that's coming to mind is another really tangible thing because I'm all about, I love mindset work, but I'm also all about tangible action steps and like really tiny, like nitty gritty, tangible things. And so, um, one thing that I actually shared this on TikTok and it went super viral. So I'm like, okay, I know this is actually very helpful, but there, these are four sentences that instantly make you seem less confident at work. And so the first one is when you say, just wanted to follow up on this. So -hmm. if you're following up on an email and you use the word just, just is a minimizing word. And it's a way to make yourself seem smaller, especially in a moment when you're not supposed to seem smaller, because if you're following up on any kind of email, which I think pretty much everyone has followed up on some emails in their life, if you're saying the word just, it's a minimizing word and it's a way of like apologizing for your being and apologizing for the follow-up. So instead you would want to say, following up on this email or bumming this email to the top, whatever you do, do not use the word just. And even honestly, like emails easier to catch it because, you know, you can write an email and then reread it and be like, Oh, I use the word just. And I try to take out all of my just as much as possible. And then I've, I also try to do that, you know, in person too, because if I'm always using that word, just again, women use the word just a lot more than men use that word, especially in the workplace. And it is a minimizing word that makes you seem smaller. So I want to be wondering how many times I said just in this freaking episode. 
<laughs> and sorry. People and are sorry. always saying sorry, like when they're in the way, instead of like, excuse me, like, sorry. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry for taking up space. Sorry for existing. Like when I catch my coworkers doing that shit at the salon, I'm like, no, don't be sorry. No, do not. Right. You're sorry. allowed to exist. Well, yeah. And so yeah, like, a, so another one is like, if you're bumping, like a lot of times if there's a small space, I hear this at the airport a lot, or this happens to me at the airport a lot. You're like going into a bathroom or you're getting on the airplane or all these different things. And you bump into someone or you're kind of squeezing by tight spaces and you say, sorry. And again, to, to both your points, like we use the word sorry so much that we need to learn how to use it less. There is a time and a place, of course, for the word sorry. Um, but in that moment, train yourself to say, excuse me, because you're going to, if you want to say something, it's not here, like trying to be like a total jerk and like not say anything because you're not trying to say sorry. Um, but learning how to say excuse me, instead of sorry. And also another thing is catching yourself real time. Um, I forgot all this story because it happened a few years ago and I shared it on a podcast last week, but I was at a coffee shop in Denver and I remember I was ordering my coffee and this is back when I drank coffee, which is a whole other story that I no longer drink coffee, but um, I was ordering it and I I don't remember if I asked the size or not, but the, the barista guy was like, okay, is a large okay? Or no, no, he asked me if a medium was okay. He's like, is a medium okay? And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Can I actually get a large? And then right when I said, sorry, I was like, I'm not sorry for wanting a large. And so I actually said that out loud to him. I'm go, actually, I'm not sorry for wanting a large. I want a large. And then I was like, I'm working on no longer apologizing for saying sorry. And the guy kind of looked at me weird, but like he went I home was that having... day and was like, you'll never believe this chick I got. In right, exactly. But who cares, right? Because it's cares? not about I was them, having it's my about breakthrough. You. Yeah, like I was having my breakthrough. And so I would just say like to anyone who's actually having a moment where you say sorry, it's okay. Like you actually get to empower other people when you yes. say like, sorry. And then you say, actually, I'm working on not saying sorry. And then you rephrase it right in front of them. It actually empowers people around you to learn how to um, reframe that, that sorry. And so it's actually a powerful activity. And then you're reframing yourself right there in the moment. So that's another really powerful one. And if you guys want to watch the rest of those sentences, you can go to my TikTok. It's one of my pinned and you can see the rest of the sentences that I would highly recommend not using if you want to seem confident in the workplace. Yes. And I choose to believe that that man went home that day and actually was like, you know what? Maybe I don't have to be sorry that much either. And you just created his breakthrough. So there you yes, go. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I received that, Lindsay. The butterfly breakthrough effect. Yes. That's what we're going to uh, call it. <laughs> ooh, the butterfly, butterfly. Oh, that's kind of a mouthful. Right? Say butterfly that breakthrough. Breakthrough. breakthrough effect. Come on. <laughs> Uh, yes. What a great note to close on. And Janelle, um, what's your website so people can find you? There? Oh yeah. So my website is nextlevelconfident.com. So you can head there and you'll be able to find my book there, which my book is flex your confidence muscle. Um, and obviously that's available on Amazon as well. And then yeah, TikTok and Instagram at Janelle underscore Lene. And then um, if you work for a company and you're looking for speakers, I love to go in. I get to speak for a tech company called Sumo Logic tomorrow, um, but I love getting to host the confidence workshop for women in male-dominated industries specifically. So um, yeah, you can bring me in to speak. And then otherwise, my next big launch is Confident Life Academy, and it's actually a course where I'm taking all of the one-on-one -on -one coaching I've done over the last five years and putting it into a five-step framework. So yeah, if you enjoyed today and you want to continue that growth, and obviously there's journaling for every single lesson. So absolutely really want to dive into that journaling, the, you know, Confident Life Academy is where it's at. And so 
you can find that on Instagram or on my website as well. Oh, beautiful. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you everyone for listening. We hope this plants the seeds for more confidence to grow from within because you are worthy of being here and you're more awesome than you know. And we just want you guys to love yourself as much as we love you. And we hope that you can see yourself through a really beautiful and empowering light. So with that being said, Lindsay, any final closing thoughts or should we head over to the Patreon? Yes, yes, yes. Love yourself. You are awesome. And for more, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash high vibe. We give you bonuses. We give you extras. We give you VIP moments. We talk to you. You don't talk to us, but we talk to you. We're still trying to get you to talk to us, but that's fine. We do all kinds of stuff in the comments. We'd love it. Yes. But yeah, they do. They do sometimes. Uh, We would love to see you over there. I actually have a really cool, really easy thing you can start doing to start upping your confidence like now. And I want to see if Janelle is on board with it. So I'm going to go talk about that. And I'm sure Kelsey wants to show off her skincare routine because I really want to know what that is. So go join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash high vibe. We hope to see you there. Bye. And get out there and flex your confidence muscle. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> flex it. Thanks so much for tuning into the show and being a part of our High Vibe Net community. Make sure if you're loving this episode or any episode to subscribe. Every week we're coming out with new content for you guys. And you can also join our email list. So lindsayrobinson.com, kelseyaida.com. We send email reminders every week about the episodes if you want to be also in the loop that way. And be sure to connect with us on social at Lindsay Robinson and at Kelsey Aida. And of course, if you guys want to join the Patreon to get bonus content, extended episodes on video and exclusive hangouts and things that we only give to our VIPs, you can join at patreon.com slash high vibe. You can start for as little as three bucks a month. So super easy, super quick and super fun to be there. Also, leave us a review. If you guys love this episode or any of our episodes, go tell us about it in the reviews and share with a friend that needs it. We love you guys. We'll see you next week and have a great one.